with our podcast and today we'll be talking about the book I am not your perfect Mexican daughter and let me tell you this was an interesting book yeah I also agree too like when I first read the title like I was kind of expecting like like maybe like more of like a cultural aspect of Julia's life yeah yeah you, you know like th- that's what I was thinking but like instead this is more of like how Julia's culture affects her like depression and like how it affects her mind and stuff yeah like I kind of yeah I'll basically also agree too and as and like it basically like literally when I first like read the book I came. It was like it was. It was actually a really weird book. Yeah, I mean, like, but like this book. Like, so, so to, like to give a background, on this book. This book was about the main character Julia or Julia. Um, she's always like seen as not fit in her Mexican society and her culture, and she's always seen as like the odd one in her family. Yeah, that's true. And also, like as the story progresses, like we can also see that how like Julia she finds out her family has secrets. And they had never told each other. And Julia suddenly starts to realize that she was never the odd one out. Yeah. And this this story, like, this really opened our eyes to, like, a new culture that we have never experienced. Like, because I come from a Korean backgrounds, and, you know, Pranav comes from Indian backgrounds. And this this really just opened up a new window that we never, like, peered through before. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, what we, what we, what we needed, which is a, was a window which, and not a mirror. And I really want people to go and read this book because this book... This really had me clinging onto it every night. I just always wanted to yep. keep reading it. Yep, same with me. Um, so let's go into our uh, chapter review. So yeah, so I chose like chapter twenty three because we felt that that everywhere we read it was full of like lots of stuff and lots of yeah. action. Mm-hmm. And just so you can get a brief understanding of like what happened in this chapter, this is the thirty, the 30 second, second summary. Thirty second summary for chapter twenty three with Mister B and Doctor P. So this is our chapter summary of chapter 23, 30 seconds. So uh, to determine who's going first, we're doing a game of rock, paper, scissors. So ready? All right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Oh, well, it looks like I lost. So um, looks like I'm going first. So Pranav, care to give me a countdown? Yeah, sure. All right. Three, two, one, go. Here we go. So Julia comes back from Mexico with her mom, and they go to like this uh, Chinese Chicago uh, restaurant, and they they're talking. And they're like, Mr. Ing- like Mr. Ingman called me. Like he told me that you're a good writer, and it's like that you should go to Mexico so you can graduate. And she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I was such a bad mother. I'll try. Like, I'll, 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 I'll like try better. So then uh, they come back home, and um, uh, she, uh, Julia finds a piece of paper with like a password on it, and she puts in like Olga's computer so like she can like look at the emails. And she goes through the emails. She's like, Oh my goodness. Olga was pregnant. There we go. <laughs> that was not that good. That you kind of screwed up at the end. Okay. Mine's gonna be better. Okay. Try. Ready? <laughs> Three, right. two, one, go. Alright, so Julia arrives at Chicago from Mexico, and her and her mother, Amma, they decided to they decided to go to a restaurant to catch up on life. So, so Amma tells her how sorry she is about not understanding Julia and always criticizing her. Julia also apologizes back and tells her, and, and also apologizes for being always being mad at her mother. And they all both decide to go home. And Julia talks to her brother Connor, and they decide to catch up on life, how they've been, how this, how they've been. And then the night, Julia sneaks into Olga's room, and they open her computer. Five and then at the end, they then and in the end, she sees an email on, on all your computers and she's like, besides, she's pregnant. Stop. Oh, I did not <laughs> think you were going to slip that in the back. Oh, my goodness. I got it. You actually dope. got it. Holy cow. I'm going to have to give that one to Pranav. That was actually a lot better than mine. I mean, maybe it's because I went first and I was like, I had the pressure on me. <laughs> You're bad. <sighs> okay, I'm not bad. That was actually pretty good. My heart's like pounding right now. <laughs> Jeez. And that was our 30-second summary. So let's move on to the motif analysis. Cue the music, Pranav. Motif analysis. Yes. 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 
Alright, so now uh, we're moving into our, the motif analysis of chapter 23. So right off the bat, we can see a motif present is the motif of being an outcast. Yeah, that's a major one. And we can see that in the beginning of chapter 23. Amma's talking about how sorry she is for being mean to Julia. And says that, when I found out you were having sex, I was so scared you'd end up like your cousin Vanessa. I didn't want you to have that kind of life. I, wanted, I want you to have a good job and get married. So, uh, like this quote, it really, really showed how Julia's not following that Mexican lifestyle. And that, so I think that this quote really showed how Julia's an outcast in her family and her, in her Mexican culture. And that she isn't supposed to do that kind of, that yeah. sort of like, a bad mm-hmm. kind of that bad kind of reputation for her family. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like that quote as well. Uh, but the thing is that Julia wasn't the only one that was being an outcast in her culture. Because later in the chapter, we see that Olga was doing the same thing, and she was even having an affair, which is like arguably worse than what um what Julia was doing. True. So from the end of the chapter, we can see that um when Julia was reading through Olga's emails, she says, "My dead sister was going to have a baby. That was." Olga was pregnant with another with another man, which is sort of deemed as unacceptable in her culture about marriage, um, before marriage. But what what do you think that reflects about being an outcast? Um, I think that's I think that's a pretty good question. Like, because we see that Olga, like she's definitely being seen as an outcast throughout the book, and Olga being as a I mean Julia being as, as seen as an outcast throughout the book, and Olga being the perfect Mexican daughter that every uh, Mexican mother wants. However, like when Olga did was. Whatever, what Olga did was definitely a lot more worse than what Julia did. The importance of being this outcast reflects upon Julia because she's slowly losing her self-esteem. And it's constantly being being reminded and being seen as like a lower to the rest of her family. Uh-huh, yeah, and this, this also adds to the reason why Julia was so furious that nobody would tell her the secrets that Olga had. She had thought that all her life she was an outcast and like that Olga was just this perfect daughter that everybody loved. Also, this shows that being an outcast comes from moving to America. Like both Julia and Olga, and even Lorena, uh, they all have moved to America, uh, have been born into an American culture, and their parents were from Mexico. And all their lives, they, they've been adapted to the American culture. They were born in this ghetto neighborhood in America, of, like in Chicago, and th- they're adapting to this culture, and according to their Mexican uh, families, they're, they're outcasts. And we can see this uh, being used when when Julia and her mother uh, go to church on page f- uh, 453. And Julia's mom says, where I grew up, women were supposed to stay at home and take care of their families. The way women live in this country, having relations with Qualquier Falano and living on their own. I just don't understand. Maybe my morals are too different for this place. And I feel like we can kind of incorporate this into our lives, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I can uh, really see it too. Yeah, like for me, I've never learned the Korean language and both my parents know Korean and sometimes I just feel like I've been left out, like, I, like I'm an outcast. And other thing is that Koreans are supposed to just study and go out and have and go to a good college and get a good job and just work, work, and just work. And I, I don't live by this. I, I want to have like a, a good, happy life and I, w- I want to experience things in my life. Yeah, also this kind of relates to myself too, like as, as in your example with like Koreans, are also very similar to Indians. And this is also like a Texas reference to me as well. Like in my life, I was like the first generation coming to America. My, fa- my, my parents continue to keep their traditional family customs. So like I was expected to study and get a good job and support my family. That's all I was expected to do. But I felt like outcast at times because all I wanted to do was just sometimes just go outside and just play, and just hang out with my friends. I also feel like the author, they did a really good job in trying to show how Flames are so struck up on their own culture, and they move to a new country. They just reject that, the the thought that the thought of that, 
that this isn't country anymore. I, I actually agree on that. And I feel like it really just depends on the family. With, with Julia's family, culture is such a huge part of the like, family. And once they start to diverge paths, Julia's mom can't just feel anything but heartbroken. She feels like her culture is being just broken off at that generation. And this kind of creates like the being of an outcast, of Julia being an outcast. Because maybe, maybe like you and I, when we were both reading, we, th- we thought that Julia's mom was more of the outcast, you know, because she didn't want her children to go to college. And they, they didn't, she didn't want like Olga or Julia to go out into the real world. She wanted them just to stay at home. And I feel like we both thought that was outcast. However, to Julia's mom, us Americans, as like the American culture, we are the outcast to her. Yeah, and also the idea of being outcast to Julia hurt her a lot throughout the book. And we can see, constantly see that she's battling through the thought of being good, like as her sister. And she gets depression in some parts. She also tries to like, kill herself, which is like too extreme. And we can see that being an outcast all depends on like, on like, where you live. Yeah, it affects people's people's relationships so much. Yeah, and like going back to one of the parts, she she was trying to be as good as her sister, but. Later, we see that her sister was actually also an outcast because she was having an affair with a grown man that was in his 40s, which kind of it angers Julia because she, she's trying to be this perfect Mexican daughter. But in reality, there is no such thing as a perfect Mexican daughter. So now let's move on to the on-the-spot analysis. So cue the music. Yeah, on-the-spot, yeah. Alright, so this is our on-the-spot analysis, so you want to pick the quote or should I? Uh, I'll just pick the quote. Right? Okay. So, so um, choose one. Choose carefully. Shoot, I'm in the middle of two sentences. Uh, just, do, um, just do this one. Alright. So uh, we are on page 523 and it says, uh, There are times the secrets feel like strange, strangling vines. It's considered lying when you hold something locked up inside you. What if the information would only cause people pain? Who would know? Who would benefit from knowing about Olga's affair and pregnancy? All right, so uh, let's just give the context behind the scene. So basically, what's happening here, as if I remember, is Julia is contemplating whether she should tell her parents that you know Olga was pregnant. She's contemplating like the pros and cons. Yeah. Also, like uh, like we also see that the word choice clearly reflects upon like Julia's mood, and she uses like words like locked up inside you to really show that to show the expression how she feels about not being able to to tell anybody about her secret. So just as she's locked up, clearly they're using the words locked up, not just inside her. They're saying that it's an idea that is captured, waiting for the perfect time just to, to come uh, up. Yeah, and I think that example really showed how she's feeling. But I think the part where she says, is it kind of selfish for me to keep this all to myself, really describes like her true emotions and like her feelings. And she, she is stuck between these two thoughts of like being uh, like if she's being really bad and like by not telling anybody at, or whether she's being like good and she's holding it to herself and uh, not letting people like know these bad secrets about Olga. Yeah, and I also think that another literary device that we see in Olga's affair and pregnancy which represents her like not being a perfect Mexican daughter because like because people clearly see her as being like the golden child that everyone wants that, the, that every family wants, but she secretly was like secretly an outcast who mm-hmm. sort of just dis- basically disobeyed her family, right? Yeah. Also in this extra we can we can see the use of the simile here and it's the comparing the secrets to like vines that are choking her and it, it kind of gives the feeling that like um she's being choked by the secrets and the secrets are always like crawling up her like vines and they're covering her with all these thoughts of what like the thoughts of whether to tell Olga's secrets or not sort of like how like how a vine is all right so this is like significant applies to my life because i've had times a lot of times in which i've had secret 
and that I really wanted to tell my friends, but I would know that it would hurt somebody's feelings, and I would lose their friendship. So, like, for example, I just remember this time in which a friend was talking behind the back of another friend, and they tried to act nice to them when they were near, like, every single time they were near. And I really wanted to tell them, but because, like, if you're real friends, you really wouldn't do that to others. Uh, yeah, and I've also had, like, a very similar event in my life as well, because I was, when I was young, I was growing up with my, like, with my older sister, and I would, I was, I would always think about, like, telling my mom whenever she would yell at me but then I would always have these two thoughts like fighting against like each other in my mind it was that would my mom get mad at me for the reason that my sister was yelling at me or would my mom yell at my sister for yelling at me and these sometimes like I would always have to think about it and I would never be sure of whether or not to tell my mom because just I just was so indecisive and most of the times I actually wouldn't tell my mom because I just decided that it was just better just to, just to keep it a secret. Yeah, keep quiet. It's always like, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a golden room, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right, so this is calling me to always think that before, let's always think before talking because sometimes if I, if I tell something, someone something, I have to always understand its consequences and I have to think to myself, is this like, is this comment really necessary or is it benefiting the other person in any kind of way? Um, well, I kind of disagree with that. I, I feel like she's talking more about like how secrets are causing her to feel lost and like kind of like how I was feeling with, with my sister and... She, she feels like she needs to tell people because she needs to relieve the pressure of knowing this, like, huge secret. And she and people should know this, like, especially her parents. I mean, but however, like, she was also having this internal conflict with, um, with like, what Angie told her before. And that, like, some secrets did not need to be told if it, if it wasn't going to benefit anyone. And she believed that telling people about Olga's secret would just, would just bring disappointment. Yeah, I can kind of see, like, where you're coming from now. This kind of calls me to action, and this makes me feel like I, I shouldn't be keeping secrets, and, like, I should really just tell people about my problems. And we can see, like, another example of how this affects Julia when she she keeps, like, her, like, she, she can't really talk about, like, her, her secrets and, like, the deepest, like, depressions that she has. And this kind of, this kind of makes me feel that it's important to tell people and have people that you can talk to. All right, so... So like in as we're summarizing this whole thing, we can see that throughout this thing that this, throughout these things we can see these different chapters and how how old how um, Julia she's been seen as this outcast throughout her society throughout her life and this this Mexican perfect Mexican daughter is really not true and that it's it's never really true for any single person because you yeah. see through Olga that even her mother was seen was thought of her as that but she really wasn't so like it kind of helps. Julia can adapt to her family and just understand that she's still part of their family and that she's just not this one, this random person. Yeah. So it gives her kind of like this, this sense of like hope and like this sense of like, like, like confidence, confidence in herself and sense of like identity. And yeah, I agree with that because Julia throughout the story, she, she realizes that she, she doesn't have to be this perfect Mexican daughter. And in fact, there is no such thing as being the perfect Mexican daughter. And I feel like through her, you know, through her trying to find the secrets about Olga, she kind of finds more about herself, and she realizes that she doesn't need to be this perfect Mexican daughter, and that also, like, her parents as well, they learned that this, the culture that is in America isn't going to be the same as, as it was in Mexico, and they just have to learn that they have to be comfortable with that, and we can see that in the end of the, the end of the story, we can see that, um, you know, uh, Julia goes off to college to NYU to pursue her career in writing, and her parents are completely fine with that. They, they accepted it. Alright guys, so I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed this book and it really has really opened my eyes to the life of Mexicans and like their kind of culture and their, and their place and also taught me a viable life lesson about like always pushing myself and just never losing hope in mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, same I agree. Like, 
I agree because like this book really just made me ask questions about like my own culture and how I am contributing to it like myself and how it's affecting my welfare. And this concludes our episode on DNP's book, book summary. summary. Like and subscribe.